0: switch gears a little bit and talk about an international story that is, uh, is getting a lot of attention and we need to keep very close eye on. And that's the situation along the Ukrainian border with Russia and the massive buildup of troops uh, on behalf of the Russian forces there. Uh, there was a conversation yesterday between um, U.S. President Joe Biden and um, Vladimir Putin talking about the situation and some threats were leveled. If any action is taken, there will be uh, severe repercussions. Um, let's just get the latest on what's going on and, and what could possibly happen. We're going to be chatting now with Andrew Rasoulis, who's a fellow at the Canadian Global Affairs Institute. Andrew, thank you for your time this morning. I appreciate you joining us.
1: Well, uh, it's a great pleasure, Shay, and uh, thank you for having me back on your show.
0: Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it last time. Looking forward to this one. Um, let's just get sure. up to speed on what the situation is along that border. Um, we're talking about tens of thousands of troops that recently have been moved into the area by Russia, correct?
1: Correct. Um, so there's two parts to this story. One is the April uh, leading up to uh, the June summit uh, where that Putin had face-to-face uh, with Biden in Geneva. And now you have part two, uh, which is the video telephone conference yesterday, and also another ramp-up of troops on the Ukrainian border by the Russians this time, much greater than it was in April. So what's this all about? Fundamentally, the Russians have been signaling, and they started signaling in in earnest in April, that they are opposed to Ukraine joining joining NATO. That right. is really their red line. Uh, they met when when they, when Putin and Putin diffused the situation. Sorry, Biden diffused the situation in June by meeting with Putin. And they thought they had or Putin thought they had an agreement that kind of said, OK, no formal uh, uh, allowance of Ukraine into NATO. And the Russians would, in fact, then not do cyber attacks on the U.S. So that kind of held. But then and, and then, yes. And then in, in August, uh, despite uh, some members of NATO trying to push a Ukrainian membership, um, there was no consensus. And Ukraine was told that they could not join NATO for the present time. Then the Russians expected the Ukrainians to come and, and do the Minsk tree, uh, agreements that they had signed in 2014 and implement that. Um, but they didn't. Uh, what the Ukrainians did was they doubled down on taking the training that Ukraine uh, that, that the, the, the NATO was giving to the Ukrainians. And the Americans sent their secretary of defense to Ukraine to actually tell them that they were right there with them with the training and equipment and so on. So then the Russians said, well, wait a minute, all, you're getting all this NATO support, even though you're not part of NATO, but it, you look like NATO. So it's the old, you know, it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, sure, it must yeah. <laughs> be a duck. so it must be NATO, right? So then the Russians got very frustrated. No Minsk agreement, uh, uh, lots of NATO activity in Ukraine, so they brought up the troops again, and this time bigger than before uh and and looking like you know they were really going to go in there and they have the capability yep. and and everyone's you know this is not a secret everyone's intelligence is saying they could by january when the snow when the ground freezes have the russian tanks roll into a, a pincer movement a limited attack against um the southern part of ukraine uh, to make a land bridge around crimea and a diversionary pincer attack through belarus okay so again diffuse the situation so what happened yesterday so uh, the talks have led to, and this is a good thing, more talking. Jaw-jaw, uh, as Churchill said, jaw-jaw, not war-war. Yeah, uh, And they have agreed to continue a dialogue, uh, not just on Ukraine, but actually on three other areas— uh, Once called strategic stability, which they had already broached in Geneva, and they're going to double down and do more of those things between Russians and Americans, um, as well as ransomware, which is a, a subcomponent issue of the cyber uh, uh, warfare issue. So they're going to keep, keep working on that. And they're going to deal with regional issues like Iran. Um, so, this gives the Russians what they, I guess they're really their kind of their minimalist position, which is okay, we want to be treated as a kind of a coequal. Like equal yep, back yep. in the superpower days. Um, they've got respect uh, and, and, and they're in a dialogue. So, I think basically the situation now is diffused. I don't think the Russians will have the troops go home right away. I think they'll keep them there to provide the pressure. Because there's still the issue of what are you going to do with Ukrainians now and the Ukrainian situation with the occupation of the Donbass in the east and so on. Uh, and Crimea, I won't even get in there because that's a really long-term issue. But but the the thing is that Minsk, that agreement, appears to be off the table right now for the Ukrainians. Uh, because it fundamentally, it would mean a neutral Ukraine. Uh, because the, the, the Minsk agreement okay. requires a semi-autonomy in the, in the Donbass, and the Ukrainians won't go for that. So we're in a stalemate. We need to find a new form of coexistence framework.
0: So uh, what does that mean about their their NATO membership or their aspirations? Same thing there? That's that's paused for now?
1: Yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, NATO membership is definitely on pause. So that they, There was no consensus at, at, at formal meetings throughout the summer, and they've been told outright, you're not getting into NATO today. Gotcha. so that's off the table for now but they are a partner of nato and as a as a as a partner not an ally that's a clear distinction so nato will not go to war over russia for ukraine but nato will provide training support and assistance and and some weapons to ukraine as a partnership arrangement so it's a it's like uh in an informal situation, yeah? Okay. So that, so that's that, That's what's happening. And, and But but that can't... But so the Russians are saying we can't accept that. We need to move beyond that with some kind of accommodation. And that's where the diplomacy is working now.
0: Um, and uh, as you say, diffused for the moment, but also from what I've read, uh, a red line or a line in the sand, whatever you want to call it, Biden saying, mm-hmm. if you do take some sort of action, there will be consequences. He mentioned economic sanctions and all that sort of thing. But he also... Yeah. He sort of left it open-ended in terms of what the response might be, right?
1: Uh, well, uh, not necessarily in terms of there's no military response. That's clearly off the That's table. That's off the table, okay. Uh, that, that is off the table. Um, and, and then the NATO Secretary General Stoltenberg made that very clear last week in Riga, uh, where there was the meeting of the NATO uh, foreign ministers. And in the press conference, he made it very clear that Ukraine is a partner of NATO, not a member of NATO. And therefore, Article 5, that is the military defense of of an ally, does not apply to Ukraine. That has been clearly stated by the NATO Secretary General. And uh, uh, Biden, in all of his statements, and those of Blinken and the U.S. administration, have talked about defending Ukrainian sovereignty and territorial integrity And when they talk about how they're going to do it, they speak in terms of economics, economic sanctions, and economic uh, uh, retribution, if you will, like taking the Russians out of SWIFT, the payments and so on, like really hammering them economically, but not committing U.S. or NATO forces. Gotcha. So crisis averted for now,
0: but still uh, volatile and potentially something that could flare up. But right now...
1: It's right now it's the time for diplomacy. Yeah. The diplomats are working, and we'll see what they come up with. Andrew, perfect breakdown. Thank you so much for the insight. You're very welcome. Always a pleasure. That
0: is okay. Andrew Rasoulis, who is a fellow at the Canadian Global Affairs Institute. And um, as he said, it's it's not an end. It's not a resolution, right? And I think that's the best we could have hoped for yesterday because there was a lot of concerns. I don't know if you saw the story. I think it was probably two, three weeks ago. I think it was the Ukrainian defense minister who came out and said, hey, they're going to invade shortly after Christmas. He had no doubt about it. And he apparently had been tipped off by somebody. So, I mean, the the specter of war along that Russia-Ukraine border has been right there, front and center, for a number of weeks now. And if we manage to walk back from that a little bit, at least for the time being... Uh, I think we all benefit from that kind of a situation, but we'll see where it goes.